Sports Sense Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Fred Kennedy. Well, obviously the ability to add uh, someone who's a consistent goal scorer, uh, someone whose age fits in with a lot of our core, uh, someone that is a competitor, uh, someone who has a proven track record. Uh, we've said since the end of the year that we were looking for someone who could play in our top six, and he's playing in our top six. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. Man, we thought we'd be talking all about the NHL draft. We will talk about that, but man, did the Sens overshadow the draft completely, especially if you're an Ottawa fan. The Sens get the top six forward they've been after. Can I interest you in Alex Debrinkit? And you don't have to give up anything off the roster? Man. We'll talk about what we liked, what we don't like. We'll also get into the Matt Murray deal that never was, and much more today here on the Jim K. Ford Sands Nation podcast. And those of you watching on YouTube right now might notice I've got a video cat on my head, and that is, of course, because Alex Debrinkit, his nickname is the cat. So it seemed like a natural to me, even though it will be an annoyance throughout this entire YouTube video. Greg, how are you today? <laughs> okay, the cat's going to stop at some point, or, or how's that work? <laughs> it's going to hop down and sit on your shoulder for a bit or something. Yeah, Too I much. can unload it. I can unload it at any stage, like about now. How's that? <laughs> oh, so we can get down that. to business <laughs> no, here. Yeah, took him. <laughs> okay, all right. No, knocked him right off. So. Uh, man, that's that's. I mean, and the draft itself. We should mention the Shane Wright dropped a fourth overall. Many people thought he was a slam dunk for many months, but fourth overall he goes, and so we'll get into that too. But what did you think of the Alex DeBrinket deal? I love it. Don't you just love it? Like I, I was shocked that it didn't cost them a player off the roster, and I just thought, yeah. wow. Like that, well done, Pierre. In the same day, he went from goat to goat. Uh, like, like if, if he'd done the Buffalo deal, I, I think there were people who wanted him fired for a trade he didn't even make. Or he, he wasn't allowed to yeah. make whatever earlier in the day. And then to turn around and do this, he just went from, well, from the bottom to the top in, in a matter of a couple of hours. I think what I love most about the deal is that it's – it's one of those trades that other teams are always making. And it's like, it's this kind of money be damned trade that the big market teams always seem to make. Never the Sens. Yeah. Ottawa fans always have to look and watch other teams do it. Now it's kind of a day to strut. Like this is a big money player. He, he, he's scheduled to make $9 million for the coming season. And yet Pierre Dorian still reached out and made this deal. I don't know that that would have happened in the past. And so from that perspective, it feels like the kid, you know, the, the kids are playing in the big leagues now a little bit. <laughs> well, I, the, the, the difference here is the Ottawa Senators for the first time, uh, I don't know, since Danny Heatley, for the first time since that trade, they acquired a player, uh, maybe, maybe Duchesne, but anyway, they've acquired a player here who, who isn't going to be good or, or isn't, you know, was good. This guy is good. He is here now. It's not wait and see, oh, this guy's going to be real good down the road or some guy well past his due date. This is a true emerging star in this league. A 40-goal scorer, for God's sakes. It's just, it's you stepped out on a limb, you made a deal. It's good to see. It's, it's, we're, we're moving on. We're on to this next stage in the rebuilding. 
He is the eighth best NHL goal scorer since 2017. Not a 40 goal man once, but twice. He's had two 41 goal seasons uh, coming off one last year. And you almost salivate, Greg, when you think about what that power play is going to look like. You've got Josh Norris on the right side with his one timing. Well, Debrinket's even better on the left side as a right shot over there. Uh, I'm not sure who you're pulling out of that lineup. I don't care whether it's Stutzler or Batherson. I'm sorry, Debrinket's. Debrinket. Anyway, Debrinket. Um, he's going to that spot <laughs> if I'm running the team right now. So, I mean, across the board, he is a phenomenal player. And didn't he come cheap? Don't you think? Yeah, I, I like I, I looked at it and I thought, I wonder if it, the the Buffalo deal wasn't sort of part of it and 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 the original plan was to give uh to to trade the buffalo pick to uh to chicago here like like make that swap and give the 16th pick to to uh chicago and maybe that's what kind of turned to turn it into the seventh and that's maybe what made it happen was the seventh overall pick was still there and that's how the deal went down I just I can't help thinking that that you've got a twenty four. Would would you have spent your seventh pick to draft a guy that I told you is going to be Alex DeBrinket? You would, wouldn't you? <laughs> like a million percent in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah, like if I'm I've got the seventh overall pick and this guy is uh, going to be as good as Alex DeBrinket. Well, we'll take him. Yep, no problem. Well, you did you did the exact same thing except you you got Alex DeBrinket now. You know, October. You're not waiting four years for somebody to develop into that player. He's that player now. When you see some of the bloggers in Chicago and what they were talking about, once it became yeah. clear the Hawks were looking at moving to Brinkett, some of the, they were like, okay, if we got to do it, okay, I guess we can expect this, this, and this. Like, I got to think Hawks fans are really pissed off today. I saw some blogger that was saying, you know, you're probably looking at two top six players and a first rounder in there as well. This guy's that good. Man, I think that's a really low price that Pierre Dorian paid today. Like you said, didn't give up any anyone off the roster. It ends up being the first rounder, seventh overall, the second rounder this year, and a third rounder two years from now. And I don't know. I mean, that's the question you have to ask. You asked a good one a moment ago. Even if he's not here that long, like he, you know, he's going to be eligible for UFA in two years. I think he'll have delivered more to this core group and their development and their chance of winning than those three draft picks ever would have. This is a sure thing in Debrinket. Yeah, and even two years of him. I agree with you totally. And, and who's saying he's not going to resign? Like, it's it's almost like it's a given out there that it's all oh, they'll, they'll they'll never resign him. Well, people, come on, we're just getting started here. Okay, just just hold up on that. I have to believe that part of the reason that the the price may have been a little lower was due to the fact that there was no negotiation with Debrinket. If the senators had been allowed to speak to him or had asked to speak to him and had worked out a deal, then I bet the price would have gone up higher. The demand from Chicago would have been higher. I think in this case, it it, it because they didn't negotiate with him ahead of time, you were able to get him for what you got him for and I, I'm, I'm sorry. That's that's all world ripoff in my mind. They just they robbed him blind. That's crazy. Yeah. Kyle Davidson is the new GM in Chicago. And I think there's a situation where ideally you'd want to be moving Patrick Kane at this stage of the game. But he ultimately has veto power with a no movement clause. 
whereas Dabrinka didn't have that protection. So this was truly, by a long shot, their best tradable asset, and this is a club that's entering a rebuild. So what point does it make to pay a guy $9 million for the coming season where you have no shot of winning whatsoever? So I think they see the writing on the wall. They see three, four tough years ahead for this organization, and they made a tough decision. Personally speaking, it feels to me like they could have gotten more than they actually got. I think there must have not been a better that. market out there. Yeah. Yeah, but not only that, it feels to me like they didn't have to do this. He's 24? <laughs> like, yep. okay, maybe it's going to take us five years to rebuild this. Well, gee, what kind of player would we like to have around then? Uh, maybe like a guy like Alex Dabrinkit, maybe? You know, yeah. it's like they they've, they they gave up today the exact kind of player that they're going to want uh, four years from now or five years from now. I, I Unless there was something, so then you start thinking, okay, maybe he wasn't interested in resigning there. But by all accounts, he loved it there. They they put a letter on his sweater. Apparently, he's a he's a captain material at some point in time. This is a guy who wanted to be there and, and would have resigned to stay, despite how bad the team is. So in that sense, I I don't get it. He's not to me, and 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 Kobe, or, uh, Doc as well. Like, what are you doing trading this guy? I, I don't get it. I, you, you think you'd be finding other people to move out rather than these guys. These guys, to me, should be part of the team in five years. They're, they're the veteran guys then, and they're they're still your leaders and your better players. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing there in Chicago. I, I think that if it's a rebuild, uh, they've put it back four or five years. It's easy for us to talk about other people's money, right? This this is going to be a – I think it's going to be a bad team with Debrinket or without Debrinket. And meanwhile, yeah. if you're talking three, four more years before this team's good again, that's 27 to, 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 to $36 million out the door. And so that's that may be part of what they're thinking is. I don't know, but it's, uh, it is it is a head-scratcher because I feel like they still could have gotten more for him than they actually did. Any cons for you? Because I, I have a few. You know, he is expensive. This is a guy that... He's only $6.4 million a year. He's in the, going into the final year of his contract with an average annual value of $6.4 million. But the way it was structured, the final year is at $9 million. And that's expensive. And if the Sens are going to qualify him next year, the way it works is whatever the final salary was in the last year of the contract, that's what you have to qualify him at. So the Sens will have to qualify him at nine again. And if they're thinking long-term, he might want to raise in there as well. So he is an expensive player. But that actually might be a good thing if you want him long term because, well, he's not going to get much more than that, even in the yeah, open true. market. And that's what we always talk about with the Sens when we're dealing with superstar players. Oh, you know, the Sens are never going to play with the big boys in that regard. They're already doing that. If they're going to pay him $9 million for the next two years, his bump from there won't be that big. So he's if he's a guy that, you know, goes to UFA and is looking for big money, it won't be for much more than he's making already. They're already paying top dollar for this guy. Yeah, that's a good point. I, my, that that probably is the only uh, downside to this is that he's not. You don't have team control beyond two years, right? One year left, and then and then one year where he's still an RFA. That, that to yeah. me is the only downside. And and I really think Pierre said it to us back at the end of the season. You know, judge us on what we have in October. Uh, if something comes to fruition where a deal is signed by then, you know, we're all just sitting here having this conversation for nothing because uh, I, I can see the kid coming in here, playing here, being around these guys, yet another American guy to hang out with the boys. I can see him fitting mm-hmm. right in and loving every minute of it. 
and and wanting to stay and be part of something exciting and be on the be on the yeah, it's, we're, we're on the first floor now. We, we move beyond the ground floor. You're up out of the first or second floor now of, of something that's being built here. Yeah, I mean, if he was becoming a UFA right now and had gone through a couple of hard years, he might be saying, yeah, I, I'm looking at UFA, but I think in two years, the Sens are going to be in a different stratosphere. They will be a playoff mm-hmm. team. They will be a fun team, an entertaining team, perfect fit for Debrinket. And I think that uh, it suddenly will be a coveted spot. Um, I don't think in two years he's going to be in a mode of, oh, I got to go somewhere else to get, I hate it here. Um, so, and the money, again, he'll already have been making $9 million a season. So if he needs a bump, it won't be that much uh, uh, skin off of the Sens nose. So it will be interesting to see how it goes. But I do have two other cons in that he's really small. And we know he gets it done in the regular season. Five foot seven, 160 pounds at playoff time. That remains to be seen what play, kind of player he will be in, in that regard. I don't know. I hope he's great. He's only played, I think, he nine playoff games in 2020, and I think he had six points. Um, I'm keen to see what he looks like in a far more robust style of play that we see in the postseason. Do you have any concerns about size? Well, my, my only concerns about size were answered by looking at his stat line. Like That, that takes care of that, that, that worry. And when it comes time to playoffs, yeah, okay, it's a it's a different uh, different kettle of fish and different games required, and you need to play at a at a different level. Um, whether he can or not, who knows? But uh, obviously, he's got the skill, and if he's on a good team like like Ottawa should be, with two solid lines, then I think you can with good coaching and and. Uh, lineup selection and who he plays with and and matching and st- and such i think you can keep him away from from trouble spots and and get out get out of him what you would get out of him in a regular season setting last thing would be and i agree with you by the way i'm i'm not that worried about the playoffs hopefully he's going to be outstanding in the postseason we'll find out but in the meantime you got to get to the postseason and even if he takes a step back at playoff time you got to get to the playoffs first, and I think the Debrinket will help them get there faster than they would have otherwise. The other factor I have that I looked at as as a not a red flag. I shouldn't be putting negatives on this because it's such an exciting day for Sens fans. I'm just throwing these out as possible cons. He doesn't have Patrick Kane spoon feeding him anymore. <laughs> if you look at his 41 goals this season, at least half, Greg, at least half, were spoon fed by Patrick Kane. So. There's no Patrick Kane this just in playing for the Ottawa Senators. Any any concerns about not riding shotgun with Patrick Kane any longer? He's going to play with Tim Stutzla. He's going to play with Stutzla and who knows who. You know, As of right now, if I was going to pencil in a lineup, it's probably Stutzla and Connor Brown. Oh, darn. I think he'd be just fine there. Timmy Stu will find him on the ice, and, and Connor Brown's a good corner man to, to bring his size and strength to that line. Maybe, who knows? Maybe it becomes a Claude Giroux situation. Maybe it's Giroux, Stutzla, and and Debrinket. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I, I, I think he'll be just fine. This is a guy who has succeeded uh, at every level he's been at, and I can, I expect him to continue to be. Hey, I, I think he could even have a better season in Ottawa than he's had in Chicago. Honestly, I'm just providing these questions for balance. The Sens fan in me, Greg, oh, okay. wants to just do <laughs> wants to just do the entire show going wee, yeah, and just high five and everybody around me because I really love the deal. It's great. Um, 
And hopefully they'll be able to, you know, he'll be here for more than two more years. He is under club control for two more years. He'll be an RFA. And then, and then after that, he is a UFA. Um, I got to think that there's been at least preliminary discussions in that regard. No, about maybe a long-term scenario. Uh, maybe it's a wait and see thing. And I, I feel like once he's been here a while and they do play an exciting brand of hockey, I have a feeling that will entice him even more into a long-term arrangement. But that discussion surely has happened by now. Yeah, but just today. Again, they, they didn't ask for permission before the trade was done, so they would not have been allowed to speak to him or his, his representatives. So that would have just sort of introductory discussions today. Um, what kind of a message does that send, though, if you can get him done before camp? Like, get get him done. You can start after, what, what day is free agency? That's the day they're allowed to start talking 13th. to 13th. Uh, like, next week. Yeah, wouldn't it be awesome to, to get a deal done? And, and and maybe that sends a message to Josh Norris, too. I mean, this this whole thing sends a message. First of all, it addresses Brady Kachuk, who, who is sort of kind of, I don't want to say grumbled, but said, you know, he wants to see what's going to happen here and get some better players in here. We need better players. Well, here's one for you, pal. And then uh, I think it sends a message to Josh Norris that, yeah, this is a place you want to be, bud. You want to be in here and, and be in here long term. Wouldn't it be great one day to have the two of them at a dual press conference? They're both signed and sealed for six or seven years. It'd be phenomenal. It's going to be a cap team before we know it. You know, now they've shoehorned <laughs> a nine million dollar a year player in here. They still have to sign Josh Norris, who's probably going. Okay, well that's nice. You, you know, you backed up the Brinks truck to Debrinket. Uh, I'm still waiting on my extension here. You've got Formanton, you've got Joseph, you got Brandstrom, and of course next summer Tim Stutzla. And I really think they should be working on him right now. Another year mm-hmm. of Tim Stutzla and the development I expect out of that guy. I think just like Josh Norris this year, where he established himself as a guy who's on pace for over 40 goals himself, I think it's going to cost them money if they wait too long on Tim Stutzla. But sometimes it's the it's the direction of the player as well. So who knows? But I think there's also the, the there are going to be bridge deals in here. Not everybody's getting a seven, eight year deal. Right. There's there's going to be bridge deals. I, I can r- really see it happening with with uh, Norris being on a bridge deal. I don't I wouldn't want it to be happening with Stutzla, but maybe the next one for Sanderson is, you know, there's there's bridge deal opportunities in here, too. Let's not lose sight of that. Some some uh, like a like a Josh Norris, not necessarily eight years at eight. You know, maybe he signs for four years or three years at six. You know, you can, you can chop a little bit of dollars off. To, to sort of give in to the player and allow him to, to get to free agency sooner. All right, time to do a little business here. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're thinking about a nice used vehicle for the summer, maybe a little uncertain about it, you want to make a smart choice? Well, Jim K. Ford, our title sponsor, removes all of your worries, and we hope they'll give them a shot. Jim K. Ford is your Ottawa-certified pre-owned Ford dealer. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty coverage? full history report of the vehicle, purchase financing rates 1.99%, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That's peace of mind. Check out jimk4.com, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. Okay, so let's move on to the deal that almost was earlier in the day. Apparently, according to Elliot Friedman, the Sens and the Sabres had a deal on the table, and then Darren Drager chimed in with a report of his own on it. So according to Friedman... The Sabres and the Sens had a deal for Matt Murray. And Matt Murray used his no-movement clause to nix the deal. 
Traeger chimes in then and says, it was actually involved in that deal was a swapping of first-round picks. Sens would give up their seventh to the Sabres. Buffalo would send their 16th to Ottawa. And, ooh, that's a bit of a, com- a, bit of a contrast in the moods of Sens fans compared to the Demrinket deal tonight. What did you make of all that deal with, uh, with Matt Murray? Thank God it didn't happen. Thank you, Agreed. Matt Murray, for doing that. You know, yeah. um, uh, somebody tweeted out like Matt Murray's best save of 2022. He just made it this morning. He saved the seventh overall pick. Like, yeah. just compare the take, okay? Uh, the fact that when I first heard this uh, rumbling two days ago that maybe they were, you know, to get rid of Matt Murray, they were going to have to attach the the seventh overall pick. I'm like, oh, my God, what a waste of that's That, that would be so bad. Like, thank you, Matt Murray, for nixing the deal. And it brings me back to that other point I made earlier. I wonder if the Senators, if it was going to be a double deal day, you know, it was going to be a make this trade with Buffalo and then flip that 16th pick from Buffalo in the Debrinket deal. And maybe Chicago was like, no, we, we, we like your seventh pick. So this kind of saved that deal. At the same time, you, you saved the pick thanks to Matt Murray and you saved the deal from Debrinket at the same time. I wonder if there's anything else in that deal. Because neither Elliot Friedman or Darren Drager really gave complete context as to what the deal was. We don't know necessarily that that was all that was involved. We know Matt Murray was involved as a salary dump effectively. And we know that they traded first-round draft picks as part of the deal. But neither guy said that that was the entirety of the deal. I would hope that there was more involved there, but I don't know for sure. It just would seem ridiculous to worsen your first-round draft pick just to get rid of some money. And, and, and again, the contrast between the two deals, like I feel like the Sens are free spenders now after the Debrinket deal, whereas I felt like they were still in the old way of penny pinching by getting rid of yeah. Matt Murray. And I, I got to think that it's still on the table now. You you do need to move some money around now. You can't afford to be paying a Matt Murray that kind of dough when you've just brought in a $9 million guy for this season. And there's a bunch of other free agents you've got to get done. I have a feeling that they're going to try and still move Matt Murray's contract somewhere, somehow. And otherwise, I mean, you have that guy in your team after you tried to put him in the, you did put him in the minors last mm-hmm. year and you, you tried to basically give him away this time. And it's just like, and Matt Murray's not exactly going to be in the great headspace. He's not going to, he's going to have a big old chip on his shoulder toward management, I think. Yeah, one, one way or another, I, I cannot see him being here to start the season now. I used to be able to see it. I used to be okay with the three goalies. I used to think, all right, he's 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 going to be here, and, and you know what? He's going to bounce back. He's going to do all right. Yeah, yeah, good, good. But now after this, uh, the, the relationship now can't be very good. If it, and I don't think it was all the greatest to begin with, and then it wasn't great with the with the demotion, and now it's even worse to me. I, I just I can't see Matt Murray starting the season here. And I, I read there's as many as 14 teams out there that expressed an interest in the guy. I, I that's that's a shock. I, I sorry, I don't. Oh, sorry, no. It was 14 teams expressed an interest in Colin White. It was uh, six teams were, were were in on expressing an interest in Matt Murray. I couldn't come up with six teams that would be interested in him or think they could use him. So they got to find somebody somewhere somehow. And if the if somebody out there knows now that Ottawa was willing to give you the seventh overall pick to take Matt Murray off their hands, what's the asking price going to be for whoever it is they do end up sending them to? All right, let's uh, wrap it up with some draft talk. Um, it suddenly became a very uninteresting evening if you're an Ottawa Senator fan. Supposed to have a nice pick at seventh overall, but that was gone 
on the opening night of the draft. And the storyline for Sens fans became, I think, the surprise of Shane Wright. What did you think of, first of all, Slavkovsky going first, but Shane Wright dropping all the way down to fourth? Yeah, I was surprised that he he dropped a four. I, I wasn't surprised by Montreal's pick. Uh, Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky, yeah, you can say it. Slavkovsky. Um, he's a, yeah, that's him. He's a guy who can step right in and play. Like, he could potentially play right now. So that probably weighed in his favor. Uh, I just, the more I watched Shane Wright, the more I watched his stats, basically he had a, his best season in his first season. His numbers have gone down since he's been there. He didn't have a good world junior. So I, I think he kind of stuck around at number one uh, almost by, okay, he's still number one. Yeah, okay, he's still number one. We'll leave him there. But I don't know. Most people, when it got down to the end here, a lot of people didn't have him at one anymore. McKenzie, Bob McKenzie's draft list, which is essentially a poll of, of 10 scouts, um, they didn't have him at one. So I, I wasn't surprised he didn't go one, but I was kind of surprised he didn't go two and then really surprised when he didn't go three. How about you? I'll, yeah, everything you said is exactly how I felt as well. Because, I mean, Shane Wright wasn't everybody's number one, but I think more people than not thought he would go number one. So that would lead you to believe, okay, well, if it is Slavkovsky, and a lot of people liked him at one as well, obviously the Habs did, um, surely Wright is going to go number two. But nope, down to four. That was surprising. So Slavkovsky to the Habs, Simon Nemish. Defenseman goes to the New Jersey Devils. American centerman Logan Cooley goes to Arizona third. Then Shane Wright to Seattle. Cutter Gauthier. I find it kind of interesting because the two names I liked were Cutter Gauthier and Matt Savoy. And that would be in the seventh spot for the Sens. So Gauthier was two picks before. Savoy was two picks after. So it's kind of in the vicinity, at least. Uh, Then you had uh, David Irichek going to Columbus. Ottawa's pick goes to Chicago in the deal, and they went with defenseman Kevin Korchinski. That was not a name I heard going that high, but uh, obviously the Hawks saw something they like in the Seattle Thunderbirds defenseman. Then uh, we'll give you the top 10 here. Marco Casper was also mentioned by a lot of Sens bloggers as a guy that Sens should look at. He goes to the Red Wings, Matt Savoy to the Sabres, and then Russian defenseman Pavel Mintyukov to the Anaheim Ducks. So there's your top 10 right there. Any other thoughts about the draft? Because you well, just finished I, watching the first round. <laughs> I found it interesting that Chicago said, this was the guy we wanted all along, and yet the jersey didn't have his name on it. Yes. Did you notice? Right. <laughs> that was a little strange. This is the guy we wanted all along. Well, okay, then how come you didn't have a name bar? They had no name bar on their jersey for their first overall pick, but I found that strange. Uh, I, I I liked all the deals with the wheels and deals when when uh, when Gary got up there to to announce the, the the big trade with the Habs switching draft picks in and out. I thought for sure they were going to end up taking right. I thought somehow it's going to be okay. And now Montreal, you're on the clock, and they're going to step up and get right. So they end up with both of them. Uh, instead, they make a they make a pretty nice deal in getting uh, Kirby Doc. So they their one two center ice is set now. Korchinski had 65 points in 67 games in the Western Hockey League this past season. Had a nice playoff run as well. 19 points in 25 games. So certainly has some offensive thrust. But ask yourself the question right now, if you're a Sens fan, what would you rather have, Alex Dabrinkit or Kevin Korchinski, a second and a third? I think the answer is clear. (laughs) 
Put the hat back on. You want the hat back on to close out our conversation? Yeah. <laughs> Put the hat uh, back on. <laughs> anyway, that's it for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. And apologies to those of you listening to podcast only. You don't know what the hell we're talking about with the video references. Don't forget our website is sensnationhockey.com. We appreciate you being with us today, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Greg. Have a good night, Steve. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.